0: It's November 9th, 2018. This is Acacia Thompson for Brooklyn Public Library's Greenpoint Oral History Project for Our Streets, Our Stories, and I'm here today with Luann Fortunato on Monitor Street at PS110. Hi, Luann. Hi. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So you have been in Greenpoint a while.
1: I've been here 57 years. i lived here my whole life. I was born here um, in St. Catharines, which is no longer here, that's gone. And uh, I lived to other places for about five or six years, but I mostly lived in Greenpoint.
0: OK. And how long have you been here, a teacher here? At oh, 20,
1: 27 years. Right? I've been at PS 110. I started out as a para. Um, that's an, like an aid that helps them. I went back to school. I became a school secretary. And I've been teaching for the last 15 years.
0: And you were teaching science?
1: I taught third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, third grade, fourth grade, science and social studies. Um, inclusion classes and now I went to science now I'm teaching STEM engineering is elementary uh, so I teach science and engineering basically.
0: Okay and so tell me uh, what streets did you grow
1: up on? Okay I lived on Frost Street my whole life in fact the building I live in has been in the family for a hundred years maybe longer I could tell you that history. Wow
0: and has yeah. your family stayed in Greenpoint or have they? Yes, yes?
1: Um, so okay let's go my Father's father moved here after the war. My grandmother Cheddar was born in Consetter, Fortunata, was born in uh, England. Came over when she was five. There were five of them. A few of them, one of her brothers died on the ship and they moved here to Greenpoint. They first lived on Conselier Street. I'm gonna say about 19, no, 1899 she was born, so about 1901 they lived there. Then they moved to um, Manhattan Avenue, uh, I'm going to say in the 60s. Okay, that's them. My mother's parents, her father was a um, sea captain. He was uh, in the Merchant Marine. He's from Norway. Came over as, uh, at 16 as a um, cabin boy. Retired at 75, and he was the captain of a ship. His wife's whole family lived here. I think she was the second generation, so my mother's the third generation to live in Greenpoint. And they lived originally, I'm not sure what area, what street specifically, but in the area. But her, my grandmother's grandfather bought the house I live in now, Wow! and they were Maggio's, Maggio's, Langone's, uh, Tefano, uh Wick is her name now, yeah.
0: And what did your parents do for work? Were they in the neighborhood? Did they work my,
1: the my dad worked in um, Chickles, the gum put, yeah, Cabels, which was on Greenport Avenue. And then he worked for LL Israeli Airlines in uh, JFK. But that was, I was older then, like in my teens. My mother um, worked at Fortunato Brothers Cafe, which, is my, which are my cousins. She worked there um, when I went to school, in high school, I'm going to say. And then she worked for the city of New York, in um, welfare fraud department. Mm -hmm. Okay, she retired about seventy, I guess. She's still alive. She's eighty. I'd love to have her interview. You can interview her one day. Yeah, she'll do a few. She remembers, you know, really back far. So um, yes, my mother's still alive. My dad passed. He passed from cancer, probably from the oil spill. You know, working in the area the whole his whole life. Uh, He had colon cancer. So, interesting.
0: Yeah. And so as a science teacher and as a lifetime resident you have an interesting perspective on the environmental conditions in mm-hmm. Green Point. Tell me about what it was like growing up here. Uh, did you were you aware of situations with the, with the with the spill in the 70s like once that came I'll off? tell
1: you what w- uh, we did know. Um, so originally no we didn't realize how bad it was. I mean you knew the docks, you didn't want to go down there, down to the piers. In fact, uh, I'll tell you this. My grandmother Cheddar, and my, my uncle Joe, who would be, let's see what years these would be, um, maybe in the 40s, he had asthma, and they told her to take him to the creek to breathe in the air, that it would help. Just saying. So and now we know, obviously, that's not a good idea, but uh, that's what they told them years ago, so just medicine. Um, Growing up, when we were kids, we did not know the problems. I'm not sure if my mother did or if anyone was really aware because they kind of hid it. What I do remember is as a teenager, walking around and seeing fire trucks in the middle of the night and late at night, pouring water down under the streets. And you'd ask them and they'd say, no, we're cleaning out. But they never said, they were obviously trying to get rid of the oil. They didn't know what to do. And you would see weeks and weeks and weeks, the trucks would come, throw their hoses down the sewer, and try, they would try to flush out the, the oils. But we didn't know that. Wow. You know, they never told us. You knew that but, the, you weren't drinking the water in the creek. I mean, you wouldn't go swimming in it when I was growing up. You knew it was polluted. But we didn't know how, why, or to what extent, really, how bad it was. No.
0: Do you remember when the
1: community started to be, become more aware of the issues? I'm gonna say, there might have been a little bit of talk, maybe in the '90s, 2000s, but truly, really, it was in the two, two, It was 2000, 2010, when it really, really became. Um, everyone became aware of what was happening here. Uh-huh. So, well, maybe a little, a little, maybe 20 years ago. Before that, no.
0: And do your neighbors and your family? Do a lot of people that you know attribute? their health or their illnesses yes. to, now, to the yes. environment, to the um, environment?
1: I have a lot of friends that lived in Greenpoint. In fact, my, one of my best friends had stage four breast cancer. She survived. But there isn't a house on her block, the whole block, circular, and across the street that doesn't have someone that has cancer in it. What street is that? Jewel. Jewel. I've, Jewel. Heard, this.
0: I've heard this before. Yeah. Right.
1: Jewel is rampant with cancer. So
0: what is... What have people's attitudes been about it? Have they felt like they could do something about Or is this, it seems like it, a lot of people have just kind of dealt with it, put their heads down. and.
1: I think that was the attitude of the past, to be honest. I think that um, now, even me, myself included, I'm very aware of what's happening. And uh, I think more and more people, and let's see how to phrase this properly. Um, due to the um, economic situation, the way the past and the present, it's improved drastically over the last twenty years, and with that, and this is, with that comes more knowledge. People are more knowledgeable, and uh, so they they'll study things and look into things. You know, years ago, people didn't realize, and it wasn't for lack of caring. I think as well, people it was hidden, the damage that was done, and then people just didn't have time or didn't weren't aware of it. So as we as uh, develop as people and become more intelligent. And reach out a little bit more. I think we're more cognizant of what's happening around us, and I think people now, especially this generation that's here now with all the changes, are really well aware of what's happening. And I think more and more people are starting to say, "Wow, we have to do something." I, and there's still a feeling of there should have been more done, and people. You know, I know a lot of places like throw they throw millions at things, but that's not really helping. I mean, you're giving you, they gave school computers and they gave school. Um, you know, they donate things here, and but that's not really helping. They really need to do more, I think, to fix what happened. And I know it's not that easy, but something needs to be done for our gen- next generations. You know, I raise my children here.
0: Well, what do you think about, so there's a lot of initiatives in the neighborhood. We've got our eco-schools and our sustainability coordinators that have been trying to grow little stewards. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things that you've been doing Oh, God. the school's been doing to. Raise awareness about, about issues and, uh, and providing stewardship in the neighborhood? Sure.
1: So, uh, even myself, uh, I, I, Fran, I as you know, uh, works here, the sustainability mm-hmm. coach. They have been a wealth of information and drastically improved everyone's knowledge and awareness of what's going on. I truly think we should keep them. We need one in every school, without a doubt. I don't know where they need the funding, but they need to find it. Um, what was the question?
0: Kind of things have you been doing i mean we do have oh a lot. so
1: okay so um we've done some soil testing i've been involved with um trees growing trees taking tree stewardships um we, we developed we tested the soil in the park we have an outdoor classroom in our schoolyard now which in fact i spent the whole afternoon outside today how's it looking it looks great i love it so um i think the children and i'm helping i hope to uh, instill in them lifelong um, awareness of what's happening and ways to help. So, you know, it it could be as little as recycling, but at least I know they're aware we need to do this. And if you grow up doing it, it just becomes part of your life and that's what we need. So um, taking care of the trees and planting, checking the soil, we've been doing that. We did uh, a pH testing today with the kids. I'm trying to teach them that. What else have we done? Uh, oh God! I've gone to um, Newtown Creek meetings and uh, community school board meetings, uh, and a lot more people in the neighborhood are going. I have to say that, with the bridge being built, a lot of people went to see what was going on. But I think that also stretched out. You not only a lot of people, originally when, when people went to meetings or I went to meetings, I found that everybody just kind of went and was interested in what they were doing. You know, it was a me thing. But um, I found through later later in the meetings more and more people were becoming more concerned about, we might have been talking about the bridge where people were saying, you know, what are we doing about the oil spill? What are we doing about the air quality? What are we doing about the soil? So the awareness is out there um, and it's it's getting better and better. We need to still do more, but it's definitely improved. I would say 100% from 20 years ago.
0: Okay, and so one other thing I wanted to ask you about was growing up here living here, how do you feel the, the physical environment has changed. There's a lot of talk. Tell, tell, yeah, tell God. me. God.
1: Uh, first of all, I, I lived here, um, so we were here in the winter. I had a summer house at, out in Exit 61 for this reason, because I guess my parents and my grandparents felt they wanted a better environment for us. So we went, you know, we'd go like the whole half the school year when we were in school. And then we went from June, uh, the end of June, to September. We came back the day school started, you know. Tell me why. Because it was beautiful there. We had an acre of land. It was all trees and grass. And I remember growing up, it was all woods. So we had, you know, Acorn Valley and the Big Hole and the Little Dipper. And these were all places that they were just areas we named. We had tree houses. And that's what we, we went out in the morning with breakfast. We ate, we left, we packed lunch. We came home for dinner.
0: So you escaped to exit 61. And what were you you trying to avoid? What was it like? Because
1: here there, there was nowhere to go. There was nothing to do. Um, it wasn't as safe as it is now, so um, we had always had little pockets of, of areas. So I was in I'm in Williamsburg, and there's a little pocket of very Italian area, and in, in um, Greenpoint there was a very Irish area, there was German area, it was a Polish area, and if you stayed in your pocket, it was okay, but you didn't venture out really, because the area wasn't safe. Um, it wasn't built up like it is now. You would not walk down the streets. There was a lot more. Drugs. There were a lot more problems and violence, gangs. So you didn't venture out. I wasn't allowed to take the, the, the train and go visit somewhere. I wasn't allowed even in high school to go to a different neighborhood and trip my train. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas my children can ride the train down at two in the morning. You know, the different, like it's different. We weren't allowed out. It wasn't safe. Um, it wasn't safe, and there was nowhere to go. So McCarran Park. I remember going. My grandfather, the the sailor. He would take us to the swings or we went to the pool a couple of times, but not much uh, because it was polluted, it was dirty, and uh, the park wasn't clean either.
0: So there wasn't much park life? No, not at
1: all. You went to the park, I mean, you passed through. There might have been a couple of kids on the swing. People did not utilize the park at all. Now, and my mother always comments, we pass and we go, you know, she goes, you know, I have to say they really, everybody really takes care of the park. They use it, but it's as clean as can be when they leave it, and there are hundreds of people in the park on a nice Sunday day, on Sunday or Saturday. The pool is packed. The park is packed. People are having parties. If you live in an apartment here and you don't own, I have a backyard, thankfully, so I have trees and you know grass and an outdoor space, but most people don't. And they really use the park. So um, they're out in the environment, which is what the kids need that. They need to be out. He needs to be out playing in the dirt. He needs to be out exploring, observing, you know, doing that stuff instead of just being inside, which isn't, wasn't healthy. It isn't physically healthy. It isn't good for your brain. It isn't good for anything. And all they do is play on the computers, which drives me crazy. Drives me crazy. So...
0: Also, I wanted to ask you about your interaction with the waterfront. I'm hearing a lot of people who grew up in Williamsburg and Greenpoint, how they had no interaction with the waterfront. Not at all. Tell me about what the waterfront was like.
1: Truthfully, you, we didn't go down there. Mm-hmm. If you went down there, you might have went with your friends to hang out when you weren't supposed to as mm-hmm. teenagers, really. Honestly, you didn't go down there. I know um, growing up, a lot of people, like, they dumped cars in it. They would dump like anything they didn't want, just throw it. I have a neighbor, <laughs> it's funny enough, they're digging up his property, now. they had a stop for this because he would get rid of appliances and bikes and stuff. He dug a hole in his backyard. And buried a car stop it <laughs> a whole car not kidding wow <clears throat> and we' they going what like I mean we weren't you know totally conscious of all this but my family always took care of what was you know people grew up, we grew up in Italy in farmland they knew they, we grew tomatoes you know Now you wouldn't grow them in our, our garden our soil was very bad but he dumped like refrigerator stoves in the car so now it was um, demolished it was condemned and uh, someone bought it and they started digging up and I'm sitting there going I can't wait till they get to this car because they had to stop wow. because now they have to do something in the soil the soil has to be totally contaminated from you know fr- free on from air conditioners and refrigerators and just thrown you know yeah. so they had to stop but I guess they'll fix it and then they'll right. you know redo it
0: So are you feeling positive about the direction? That, that oh definitely positive
1: okay. Yes, I feel that um, it's going to take a while. The thing I don't like, and I don't remember what it was, oh, the waterway. They're not fixing the waterway system until 2040 or something ridiculous. Do you know what I'm talking you mean about?
0: the creek? No.
1: There's something they're not fixing. i got to look it up for you now. But uh, And I sat and I go, how could it take 40 years to fix something? Like uh-huh. yeah, 30 years. It should be something a little quicker.
0: Well, it depends, yeah. The, yeah. Cre- the creek will take long.
1: Oh, no, that... Well, that's something you can't actually go in and scoop the water out, clean it, and put it back. It's not a swimming pool. you know. Yeah. That's going to take a very long time. It took a while to, to damage it. It's going to take a very long time to undo it. But I think we're headed in a, in a positive direction. And I just think we need more people to be aware, a little more help, a lot more money, and work. You know.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to me,
1: DeLayne. <laughs> thank you so much for having me.